You're listening to the Solo to CEO podcast with Davina Frederick. Hello, and welcome to the Solo to CEO podcast, where we provide a mix of powerful, thought-provoking, and practical information to assist you in your transformation from solo to CEO of a high-impact, high-revenue-generating business. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I'm here today with Sandy Van, attorney and founder of the Van Law Firm. The Van Law Firm is located in Las Vegas and provides personal injury services throughout Nevada. Welcome, Sandy. It's so good to have you here on the Solo to CEO podcast. Thanks for having me. Great. Um, So tell me about the Van Law Firm. I said personal injury services. Now, that's a really broad term, but you offer a lot of uh, a lot of different services under that personal injury services label. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about the law firm and what you guys do? We do do single event cases. So motor vehicle crashes and, um, you know, slip and fall premise cases, people that get hurt on people's businesses, mostly casinos here in Las Vegas, but it could be Target or Walmart even. So yeah, that's okay. what we do. And we also do mass torts such as uh, um, hernia mesh, you know, hips, things like that, 3M earplugs, Roundup, how, talc. How did, you, how did you get into doing um, personal injury? What made you decide to uh, pursue that particular area of practice? One of my friends one day just recommended it and I was like, okay, I think I'll do that. I was doing a lot of short sales before Mm -hmm. and I knew that that was going to come to an end because it's cyclical and the market was changing. So I was like, I Mm -hmm. need to find something else to get into. So that's how I got into personal injury. Right. Okay. So um, did you, when you started out uh, practicing then, I guess, I guess when I first started practicing, I was, um, doing a lot of foreclosure work because I'm in Florida and uh, we were, it was a, my practice started at the beginning of kind of the foreclosure crisis. Did you, you guys in uh, Nevada probably got really hit by a lot of that too. And so that's probably, you were talking about doing short sales. You were probably doing a lot of that kind of similar type work when you first started out. Yes, correct. Yes. I was working in a business litigation firm and I decided that it wasn't for me, but I was a great rainmaker and I brought on a lot of business. So I decided to rainmake instead. Well, rainmaking didn't pay very fast. So I decided that, you know, I have my real estate license. I'm going to start doing short sales. And then one day this law office was calling me with one of their marketers to try and get realtors to refer them short sales. And I was like, why would I refer you my short sales? I'm a realtor and an attorney. And he's like, wow, you're, that's a power combination. Why don't you go open your own law firm? I'm like, great idea. I think I will. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how you came to open your own law firm. That was going to be my next question is how you decided to open your own uh, law firm. Um, so when you open your own law firm, because I, I noticed you also uh, are a real estate agent and um, mm-hmm. and still, you know, have an active license and, and you know, are in, real, in the real estate business. So you have your own law firm. Um, did you partner with somebody else to open your own law firm or did you just do that by yourself? Did you decide you're just going to you know, go out and do that by yourself? Well, since I worked at a business litigation firm before, I realized mm-hmm. that a lot of partnerships don't turn out very well. So 
There is no partnership track here at Van Law Firm. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, see, so you and I are on the same page with that. I I also like to fly solo. I totally understand that. But you have quite a number of attorneys working with you. And that is particularly interesting for me because um, you started your practice in what year? What year did you start your practice? I think 2013. 2013. It's 2019 now. When you started out, it was just you. And now you have, how big is your, would you say your firm is? How many attorneys do you have working with you? Like, I think, well, we have four right now. We have another one that's joining us shortly. And then we have a law clerk. If he passes the bar, then we'll offer him a position probably. So we should have five or six soon. (laughs) Five or six. Okay, great. So you've grown pretty quickly in that short amount of time. And then you have a number of attorneys who work with you sort of of counsel and stuff like that as well. Oh, oh no, just, they just work with me. They don't, we don't have any okay. counsel. Okay. 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 So, so you've grown, you've grown pretty quickly in that short amount of time from solo to really growing your team. And you also, in addition to that, you have another business. So tell us about that business. Well, I was one of the top realtors in town. So when I was doing the short sales, we were just doing a lot of cold calling and working our sphere of clients that we had and people that we knew. So I am one of, I was one of the top realtors, probably won't hit that list this year, but um, I've kind of gone away from that just to, you know, pay attention to my firm. But so I have a real estate group of some, a few realtors that work with me. And then um, I do have a virtual assistant company that we farm out virtual legal staff to other law firms. So we work with about 30 firms across the country. Wow. Wow. So my question is then what, uh, how do you do it all? (laughs) How do I do it all? That's the question. I I think a lot of, a lot of women lawyers listening to this and other business owners listening to this are going to be asking themselves, wow, how do you do all of that? And how did you grow your law firm? so fast um, and create three businesses and such a successful businesses in such a short amount of time. Tell us your, tell us your secrets. I think that's actually one of your questions, but um, I think that women think that they can do it all. They're so used to like doing the laundry, cooking, watching children and working 50 or 60 hours. They just really need to learn how to delegate and maximize their time and their abilities. So, you know, um, I'm very good at that. I, I think we were just um, we're applying for something recently because we're thinking about buying another building, either that or it was like either some kind of business line of credit. And the, one of their questions was, well, how much time do you spend on these other businesses? I'm like, about an hour, <laughs> about an hour on this one and about an hour on that one. And uh, I was just, we're just laughing about that because I just have the right people in the right seats, you know. So right. we, when we first started that, um, you know, I built up my team and my organizational structure to get the right people in the right position doing the right duties. As an entrepreneur, you have to realize that your time and energy should be focused on higher value tasks. So anything aside from that, you should not be doing. So tasks that generate the most revenue for your business. Right. So, so you are really, you must be really good at hiring people. 
Well, I wasn't for a while. So um, we weren't for a while and it was hurting morale because people were like, well, am I going to be the next one on the chopping block? So we kind of stopped after a while and we, I, I read like five books on how to hire. Then I gave them to my assistant to read and now we just have a hiring team. So we do have a process for hiring such as um, going through the resumes, organizing the resumes, keeping a database of the resumes and categorizing them from like tens and nines or something, you know, and then mm. um, an eights if we're like, hey, we really need this person. Maybe they have a different um, area of law, but maybe we can use it for us. Maybe they did criminal litigation or something and maybe we can change them over and do personal injury or something. But um, we have a process for doing that. So we um, have someone that phone interviews them. And then if they're good for an in-person, they'll send us their their checklist that they had to, they have a questionnaire that they have to go through with the person over the phone. They Then we say yes, they schedule them in person. Then we have a checklist to go over with them in person, like some kind of sheet that we go through. And then if they're good to hire, then we send it back to that person to call their references to make sure that there were really tens and nines and then we um choose whether or not to hire them then so yeah oh, but it wow. took a lot it of sounds, reading so. oh <laughs> uh, yeah it sounds like you got really systematic then uh in your and created a real process for that that's that's brilliant and you you are not afraid to dig in and do the research and really realize you really get honest with yourself that you know that this is an area you need to figure out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds. We, yeah. We're pretty um, somewhat, I think that we're somewhat disorganized, but we're probably more organized than most firms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. What do you, what do you think makes you, um, you know, where did you think you, you learned that, um, that, skill or ability where does that come from that that way of thinking that you're that you're gonna um delegate that you're gonna get this team that you're gonna put this team together that when you're faced with this challenge you're gonna you know you're not gonna try to do everything yourself you're gonna try to figure out the best solution to get people in place to help you do it. Where do you think that comes from? I think that um, one of my favorite books is like, I think it's by Malcolm Gladwell or something. It's the outliers book. And Mm -hmm. it says sometimes we fail for a while. Like you're talking about the Beatles and they're like, well, the reason they were good was because they spent 10,000 hours. They weren't playing like sets from seven to 10 PM. They were playing sets from like noon till like 3 AM. And they had to learn all these different variations of music to play folk to whatever, you know, um, folk to rock to whatever. And they had just so much practice that they were a big hit. Um, They also talk about an attorney, an attorney that was Jewish attorney. Nobody wanted to hire him because it was Jewish and they wanted blonde hair, blue eyed attorneys. And he decided to go do whatever he could get that comes in the door. And he did like um, mergers and acquisitions. Well, the tide turned and mergers and acquisitions were hip. So now he's working for like Skadden and Arps, you know, and, it's just things like that. Well, when I was doing short sales, I decided to go team up with someone. Didn't work out very well, but I learned a lot through creating things for his company. So I was like, hey, I've got this many deals. You've got this many escrows. Let's team up and let's create a 
just a basically a conveyor belt, kind of like um, J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan mm-hmm. did this back in the day. Uh, if you watch The Men Who Built America, he decided to go process everything out, and it was called Morganization. And Ford, as well, Ford um, decided to do the same thing. You know, let's have you create the wheel, you create the steering wheel, you create the tires, and we'll put a car together at the end. And that's what we did in the real estate company. We were like, okay, I want you to go run these comps. I'll take your comps, review them, and then go to the listing presentation. I'll sign them, and then you go put get the pictures taken, get the lockbox on, and blah, blah, blah. So we decided that a team always outperforms the individual, and I learned a lot that way from doing it. I was the one that came up with the idea, gave him this great idea. Cost me a lot of money to be with him, and then, but it just, you know, every failure brings you closer to your goal. So we decided to do that at our firm. We're like, okay, this person is good at property damage, so they're going to fix cars, get people's cars fixed, and get their car rentals and their loss of use every day. All day long, that's all they're going to be doing. And then you're going to be doing demands all day and you're going to be doing gathering medical records. So we just decided to create a conveyor belt at my office because not one person does everything well. Oh, excellent. Excellent. And how do you how do you help people sort of determine what their zone of genius is? I mean, how do you how do you how do you go about doing that? And and what do you think your zone of genius is? I don't know how we do that. I think we just kind of figure out where they like to be, you know, and we have enough business to support that. Um, We did draw out a um, organizational structure. And as we grew with revenue, we decided to put people where we had gaps. So we have this big old chart and then we're like, okay, we need so many people on this side, so many people just doing this and blah, blah, blah. And then we created, um, Operating procedures, checklists, Wikipedias, training materials for every single process and role in the firm. Um, We have an audit system to make sure that the key performance indicators are being met and someone's not goofing off. Um, It minimizes human errors and maximizes firm profitability. My most important thing that I do when I was an attorney in my firm and I couldn't afford to hire as many attorneys as we have was to either, my high semester use was to either... um, do intakes and get people signed, new clients in the door and signed, um, to negotiate their claims, to get them more money on their settlements, and if not, file a lawsuit. Those are my three things. Now that I'm overseeing things, my highest best use is to have vision, basically. Um, Steve Jobs, he never coded. He didn't. He doesn't code. But he had mm-hmm. the technical ability to tweak things. So that's me. You know, I'm supposed to have the vision. Um mm-hmm. So I kind of go in once in a while into my office and I'll be like, there's a more efficient way of doing this. Let's Instead of going through everything in the alphabet from A to Z, let's skip this and we can get to Z faster, you know, without compromising the productivity or the quality of our work. Um, I go in to make things a little bit more efficient in my firm. Um, we tweak things. I do tell my HR who is the next person we need to hire, like, hey, I need a runner or whomever. Um, we do, I do find new areas of law to go into because one day these cars will drive themselves. It probably won't happen while I'm still working, but just in case, um, I did find other areas of law to go into. So right now we're hitting mass torts pretty big, Mm -hmm. um, and just finding new areas to go into. So we are building new locations and, uh, you know, going into other areas. So, (laughs) 
That that is, um, and that and that's one. That is exactly one of the things that I talk with my clients about. Um, you know, uh, people who are starting out, their women who are starting out their businesses, and um, they're going through that solo to CEO journey. And um, we discuss the job of a CEO is to hold the vision of the firm, to create the vision, hold the vision, and. Um, ultimately, that's where you want to get to is exactly what you're talking about. But I want to take you back to the beginning of you starting your firm. And um, when it was when it was just you, did you start out hiring staff right away? How long did it take you before you started hiring staff? Were you a, were you a bootstrapper or did you come into this with with capital? Well, let's see. Um, when I did, when I first started, I did have like two employees and then we were doing short sales and loan mods. So that wasn't like it required a lot of people. It was when we went into PI that required a lot more people. I'm kind of, you know, um, kind of lazy in that respect where I don't want to do some of the work. I just want to do the things that I'm good at, which is getting people to hire me. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, but yeah, we had two people and they did everything. And then as we grew with revenue, we added more people, you know, like yeah, as we so grew with revenue. What I was gonna, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about. It's kind of that tipping point, because I think a lot of, you know, I have conversations with a lot of women attorneys who have that fear around hiring. Um, no. I mean, we see it. We see it a lot in these forums on social media that we're in, you know, um, fear around hiring people. Um, am I making enough money to hire somebody? When when is that tipping point for hiring people? Uh, you know, and and the 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 concern that they have of not being able to pay them, you know, pay staff. And so, what do you what do you say to that? Well, I think that as soon as you get someone that's 50% busy with what they're doing, you need to go start hiring because then you can train them with the other 50% of your time or, you know, that kind of thing. Definitely get those systems and processes down. Like sometimes I sit there training people, you know, if I am lucky, if they're lucky that day and I'm the one that's training them, I'm writing this down or I'm saying, hey, you guys write this down, get this all together for me because usually we'll train like two or three people at the same time. Um, write this down and give me a list, you know, um, but I would hire right away. Not that bad. You can get people for 15 bucks an hour, you know, and as long as you believe in yourself, like you're not going to go spend that time dicking around, are you? You know, you're going to be working and bringing in more business. Um, I think that you should hire as soon as you can. Um, they're not that, it's not that important. It's not that expensive. It's $15 and an how hour long, sometimes. How long did it take you before you hired your first uh, attorney? Um, I tried to do, I had like a person that I was, you know, was giving me advice and they would say, Hey, you know, try and bootstrap as long as you can. I'm like, but I don't want things falling through the cracks, you know? So sooner or later we were hiring attorneys. Um, I would say maybe two or three years ago, we started hiring attorneys two years, probably two years ago. So I tried to do as many cases as I could, but then I was like, I can't do all the cases and manage the firm and do intakes and negotiate these claims. So we hired an attorney on our 
like two years ago or so. Was that a different um, thought process or experience for you? I mean, did, was that more uh, challenging mentally and emotionally to do that than it was to hire a staff person for you? They are a lot more, they cost a lot more. They have different <laughs> perks that they want. Um, I think that with that, and we, it's interesting. So just because you have a lot of grade doesn't mean you know anything. We've hired a few that were like, oh my God, I don't know how you went through school, you know, because you thought it was cool to go Facebooking and YouTubing your first day. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> so we've gone through a few of them, you know, a few attorneys for various reasons. None of them, I don't know. Sometimes I just don't understand people. Sometimes they have, I'm like, I, I just, eh, I just no clue about that, but it's different. They do cost a lot more. Um, you'd think that they know what they do, they're doing, but I think, um, with hiring, there's a Sam Walton quote that I like. It says, I learned this early on in the variety business you've got to give folks responsibility you've got to trust them and then you got to check on them Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah yeah trust and verify <laughs> right exactly what sam walton book is it that you like oh i don't know it's just an uh one of our my quotes that i like i have a bunch of no quotes, quote, so. quotes okay i thought it was a, a book i thought you said book he said quote um uh, what, uh, what's your favorite book on hiring? Who, a method for hiring. I think it's by like Jeff Geoff Mark or something. Oh yeah. 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 So I like that one. And I do like, there's another one. It's like blue and I forget what it's called. Um, but it's a blue book, something I gave it to my assistant. So I don't have it. <laughs> I'm like here, <laughs> all yours. <laughs> Yeah, that one I'm not I'm not sure I'm familiar with that. Blue blue, it's called blue something. No, it's a blue book. I don't remember what it's, it's blue called. Book. Okay. It's a blue book. Well that narrows it down. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh. Okay, let me see. Maybe it'd be my Amazon account. But anyway, what was your next question? Uh well I asked you, uh let's see, I asked you about your your favorite book for hiring. Uh, hiring and getting hired, Lou Adler. That one seems to be a good one. Okay. Hiring and getting hired. Okay. Um, yeah, I wanted to just kind of get some recommendations out there uh, for people. Cause I know it's a big, it's a big growing your team is a big uh, issue for a lot of, you know, that, that is the people, the people problem is one of the biggest challenges for growth of a law firm. And it's different with staff than it is with attorneys. Um, uh, you know, it's a, well, it's a different kind of hiring, right? Yeah. And so, you know, once people kind of get over the issue of staff and then sort of get accustomed to that, then they start hiring attorneys. It becomes a different sort of ball game. And of course, you know, it's my thought we're always the, the, the transformation of from solo to CEO terminology that I use is you're always evolving and growing into the person who becomes a higher level CEO, right? Um, mm -hmm. So once you master one level, you're gonna, then you're gonna be challenged with the next part, 
of your growth. <laughs> so you might start out hiring staff and you're going to get comfortable with that. And then now it's time to hire lawyers. And then you're going to have to grow into the person who can hire and manage and train lawyers, right? And then you grow into, you know, the next level of your firm, which is more lawyers and bigger and maybe bigger clients, bigger projects or, or whatever that is, right? So um, tell me, you're quite the visionary, right? So yeah. what, are, what are some of the things that you have got um, that you're working on now that, that you kind of got in your sights that you want to do? I know with the staffing agency, that's been sort of a, a big thing for you. You've been growing um, pretty quickly with that. You said you're in 30, 30 states now? 30 We're locations? 30 law firms. So we law firms, help law firms. law firms that need to hire someone. Um, you know, we have them. We have a bunch of virtual assistants that work for our firm. And we find the good ones. We move them over to, you know, um, this other firm. And then they kind of manage it and run it. So we get people that need something every day. You know, I was pretty excited. I went to a conference the other day. And these two people are like, oh, I need a lot of people. I need, like, three or four of your assistants to call on my leads to, you know, do some design work for me, graphic design work or, or whatever. I need a personal assistant because, you know, just getting my hair done is a lot of work or whatever, you know, and mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, got the people for you. And then we just, you know, find people to fill that position and we, we go into their firms and we get into their case management software. We get all that done. We do have other things that we're doing right now. Um, we're getting into another mass tort, which I'm not going to disclose yet, but um, right. we're going to be getting into that one soon. And um, we are going to be probably starting a headhunting company. That's why I have my assistant reading those five books. I'm like, read these five books, synthesize it, figure it out. And I'm working on the back end part of it to create the webinars and the books for it. Um, so. She's doing all that. She's synthesizing everything, writing it down on a piece of paper, uh, a Google Doc, and then I go in there and edit it and write it into my own words. And so we'll create a book, then we'll create a webinar, sell the webinar, and then if those people are too busy to hire, we will um, be the ones that will be hiring. They can pay us hourly to go hire their next people for them. So, so that's oh, let me ask you this: what doing. what yeah. drives you? What drives you to to create these different businesses like this because that's that's a lot of businesses i mean you know it's a lot you got of three good, you got three good solid businesses right there <laughs> well you know <laughs> why not stop there now you're adding a fourth i mean you know like <laughs> what drives it's a you? lot of fun um i've done it because some of the virtual assistants you know they don't have much they don't have very much they'll never have like i'm the their best ticket you know i'm the visionary I'm, they, they want stock in me. They believe in me, you know, so mm -hmm. they go and create these and I'm like, Oh, I'll give you a little percentage of it or whatever. You know, you can have a little percent of the revenue. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, we're just creating these things, um, so that they can have something to do. And I, people agree with me and believe me, I've got some kind of clout, I guess, in the pers in the legal space. So we're doing that. We have a, I want to do my own in-house marketing and then farm that out to people. So start a marketing company. And um, after that, we have the mass tort company that we're starting. So mm -hmm. kind of exciting, pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm bored. 
it's fun. <laughs> it's fun and exciting to start other businesses so I can. I do want to create a lot of income and revenue in case anything fails. And uh-huh. uh, I don't know. I have this income goal. So if I hit that income goal, then I don't know. I don't know. Then that'll be, and then that still won't be. It's not about the. It's not about the money, though. It's it's about the creativity. It isn't. It, like it isn't. <laughs> it isn't. It's yeah. a lot of fun. I don't have any kids. I don't have a husband, so you know, probably just donate it to different causes. But uh, yeah, it's just fun to get there. <laughs> so what Gotta else do goal. you? What else do you like to do <laughs> besides create businesses? Speaking of that, do we have hobbies? <laughs> well, I do play poker, but it's very rare. It's only when I need some human interaction. It's funny because I'll go there with my a book or something or I'll bring some work with me so I can organize paperwork or something and then people will be like, you know, you just paid for this poker tournament. And I'm like, I know, but I don't care. <laughs> I need to stay awake. If I'm at home, how do you, I'm Facebooking or something. How do you do that? How do you do that while you're playing poker? I don't understand. <laughs> I'm just somewhat paying attention and I don't really care. Usually it's not enough money for me to like get choked up about, you know? Yeah. Like if it's $150 or $1,000, it's not, not going to make or break me. It's, in fact, mm-hmm. they think I'm kind of crazy at the table. They're like, you know, you had 2% of winning that. I'm like, I know, but I don't care. <laughs> so I can make more money in my day job than playing with you guys. But um, it was just so I could have something to do and hang out. <laughs> do you, so how, have you uh, been in, have you been in Vegas long? I mean, has it been, I mean, did you grow up there or have you been in, you know, or so you're very used to 27 poker. years. Yeah, I've been here a long okay. time. 27, 27 years. years. Okay. So you're this, you're old hat there. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Hanging out of the casinos. You're like, yeah, whatever. I don't do it very often. Um, I do that a lot. I do build a lot of businesses on the side. I'll work on something. Um, I'm big into personal development. I read mm-hmm. a lot. I go to a lot of conferences too many sometimes. And, um, right. you well, know, and, I have like an accountability you, buddy and a bunch of groups that I'm in. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, being in, being in Las Vegas, you're probably, there's a, there's a real, uh, availability of conferences and things like that, even right there, not to mention, you know, obviously traveling to different conferences and stuff. I'm sure you do that as well, but yeah. it's like here in Orlando, there's just, you know, an abundance of conferences you could go to because there's so many hosted here just like i'm sure there are there you know mm-hmm. yeah for sure. so yeah um well that's fantastic so so tell me what do you think for for other business owners who are you know women attorneys who maybe grow in their business or other business owners who might be listening to this solo ceo podcast and um, that may be behind you on the journey or, you know, really inspired by how you've created these businesses, how you've grown your law firm so quickly. Um, what kinds of, ad- what advice would you have for them? Um, if they're starting out, they're on the journey behind you. Um, what kinds of things would you tell them that if you had it to do over again, what would you do differently? What would you do better? What advice would you have? I would definitely, you know, the E-Myth book. Um, I would definitely create systems and processes for everything. Standard operating procedures and checklists and training materials for everything. I would just do that from the get-go. It would 
cut down on human error and you know this it would be so much better because you're going to hire this person again it's not like you're going to find your first receptionist and you're going to live with them forever you know have them forever you're going to have a few receptionists we have like four now so you know we have to always say hey here's what we need to train every receptionist on we have a list of things that we need to do to onboard our new receptionist and then we have to break that down to how they do those things you know Sorry about mm-hmm. that. There's like someone moving trash cans into my my, my neighbor here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but I would do that. I would have a why. You know, you don't really do anything without a why. My why is kind of funny. So I have this why to like make more money than my ex. So <laughs> <laughs> I was about to ask you what your why is. <laughs> yeah, just to make more money than my ex. I just want to just show him that I can do this. And, um, <laughs> but then I also have an accountability buddy. So him and I meet up once a week. Um, I think I have a conference call with him at five. And we we talk about like three to four things, three to five things that we need to do for the next week. And then I really do not want to be not accountable or whatever, the one that didn't fulfill whatever I said I was going to do. And he has his three to five things that he wants to do. And we just say, hey, did you get those done? And he'll tell me and or tell me why not. And it really gets your button gear there. So if you have a really good one anyway, someone's going to hold you accountable. <laughs> uh, what are the consequences if you don't do what you said you were going to do? Oh, we don't really have anything for that, but it's just, we just are like that with each other. He's like, he felt really bad the other day. He's like, I only slept three hours. Is there any way we can move it? I'm like, sure, but I'm not here very much this week, but sure, let's do that. And you know, it's just, you guys you just feel guilty. And, <laughs> yeah. I just feel really guilty and, you know, but it's great. We, we watch our Tony Robbins together. We, we calendar a day and we watch Tony Robbins webinars and stuff that we bought and stuff. And Right. Yeah. Right. That's fantastic. Um, you mentioned, you know, you, when you talk about your virtual assistants, I want to talk about that just a little bit um, because I think that's something that's really um, changed a lot in business and changed. That's it, really been an advantage for um, for a lot of business owners because you know there's been such a shift in in the way that people do business now with this sort of virtual economy and freelance economy and this ability to be more be more be more mobile and work from anywhere and and have any kind of business that you want. And um, we see it in law firms. We see a lot of lawyers now who are starting um, modern law firms and virtual law firms and um, not having to start with a lot of the overhead that people used to have to start with and really being able to take advantage of virtual assistance to help accomplish a lot of functions, um, like, for instance, a lot of the social media marketing kinds of things. It's a great way to use a virtual mm-hmm. assistant. Um, and there are many, many, many different ways. Talk to me a little bit about that, because I know that this is something you're really um, helping a lot of attorneys use virtual assistants. You're using some virtual assistants. Tell us some of the things that virtual assistants can help us with. Oh, they do probably 90% of the work in my firm. <laughs> um, I have about four personal ones just to help me with personal stuff. So they're we're buying another building. Um, they're gathering the documents for me for that because I don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> they're wow. sending things to me via DocuSign to sign. They they do everything in my personal injury firm 
pretty much except for meet with clients and mail out things. If it wasn't meeting for client with clients and mailing out things, we wouldn't need anyone in the office. So, you know, other than or attorneys to like go to, you know, court and stuff. But um, they open up a claim. So we let's say we meet with a client in our office. We get all the documents. We get the pictures of their IDs and health insurance cards. We send it over. We email it to our assistant. Um, they input everything in there because, you know, you want to input the insurance and the insurance tab and health insurance and the health insurance tab and how the facts were and everything. So they type out everything. They go open up the claim. So they'll call Geico and said, you hurt my client and get her a rental car and blah, blah, blah. They will send out the letter of rep because we have everything generated in our system, our file line system. But, um, you know, everything's generated. They send out the letter of rep. They make sure that we have any missing items that we told the client to bring us their homework. They will make sure that the client is treating every month to see if they're treating. Um, if there's something to research, they'll research it. They will go gather the medical records when everything's done. They'll do the medical summaries. They will do the demand letter. They will do the reductions. They'll pay the providers. They, they log into our computer and they type out the QuickBooks checks. My assistant comes in, verifies everything, prints out the checks, Someone else signs it, you know, and someone holds the checks. So I have a try, you know, three-way check there. Um, they do the bookkeeping for me to see if the book, if things cleared or not before we pay out clients. If, you know, providers cash their checks so my quick, my uh, trust account isn't off. Um, I don't know. They've applied for state bars for me. I'm barred in different states, so. Mm -hmm. they sometimes I tell them hey I can't attend this webinar I really want to know about it can you record it and watch it for me um I don't know they plan all my trips and vacations for me and hotel airfare everything uh, they just do a lot you have different <laughs> order ones food, you know it's like <laughs> so interesting <laughs> you have different ones who do different um uh handle different things for you or do you just whichever one yes. do you have a service that no. you use or do you have different you have like one who handles your calendar and one who handles your food ordering yes. and one who handles correct your <laughs> we I have one I have four personal virtual assistants that handle all my personal stuff mm -hmm. so I will cc them because I have a lot of stuff <laughs> you know I'll be like hey I want to report on something and then they'll create a report for me or something um yeah, I have four of those for that. One person that does my calendaring. And then, you know, we have a few that are social media, SEO, website ones. Um, mm -hmm. We have a few that just watch our faxes all day. You get an inordinate amount of faxes. Even our mail that we scan in and we mail, email it to them, and they'll put it towards the file to, that it's supposed to go to. So my assistant doesn't have to sit there and say, this goes in Jane Doe's account, and this is a insurance documents that need to go in the insurance tab or whatever. Um, we have someone that just basically creates documents and reports in our case management system. You know, so if we need a customized letter, she creates that for us. You know, we have like a, we have like 12 that know how to do that because they're doing it for other firms too. So it's our company. We created a company called legal support help. And, um, we do it for 30 other firms, whether it's immigration, mm -hmm. business, or, you know, criminal or family or whatever. Right, right. That's fantastic. 
So it, yeah, that's that's it's really interesting um, because the you know it just adds a whole different dimension to to the law firm world and can really maximize what you can do if you can rethink the way if you can rethink the way that you run your business from a traditional model. Um, you know, the, that's, you probably read Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that, that whole way of thinking where you're using other types of services like that, virtual services. Um, and so that's a really interesting way. And, but what people do is they get locked into the thought of, I have one virtual assistant. So it's really interesting to hear you say how many virtual assistants you use. So instead of getting locked in, <laughs> yeah, so getting so getting instead of getting locked into the thought of I have one personal assistant, you have four personal assistants, virtual assistants, because why limit yourself to just one? That would be like having that would make sense if you had one personal assistant in your office who was just running it. But if you're using a virtual assistant, why limit yourself? That makes Yeah, I don't know why. And they're yeah, probably not good at everything, you know, like you don't want to ask, like one of my virtual assistants started doing an Excel spreadsheet. And I'm like, oh my gosh, pivot tables that add up to this. You know, I'm like, I could never do that. Like your virtual assistant's not going to know everything just like you don't. You, I don't know Adobe Photoshop, right? So right. I'm, or Illustrator or whatever. I'm not going to be creating flyers. That's not my thing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Right. Trying to get them to be everything, you know, especially when it comes to social media, because if you're thinking you're going to get a social media, somebody do social media. Well, social media is so broad. You know, you get somebody who's going to be an expert in Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, you know, creating videos, doing graphics, writing copy. It's not going to happen. Right. So, um, well, this has been really, really helpful and really interesting. And I really enjoyed our time together. I appreciate you being here. Um, tell us how we can find you uh, if we want to find out more about the Van Law Firm and all the things you're doing. Tell us how we can find you on the interwebs. Okay. Um, well, our website is vanlawfirm.com. Uh, you can go there. You can also um, find me on Facebook. If you want to email me, you can email me on my other email. It's a svan at vanlawfirm.com. I check it maybe once or every day oh, or two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, terrific. Thanks so much, Sandy. I really appreciate you um, talking with us today. And uh, I think a lot of people are really going to enjoy this, uh, this episode of the Solo CEO podcast because you're just really fascinating. And, um, and we can't wait to see what you come up with next uh it, it's just so exciting to watch your your journey and uh watch all the different businesses business ideas that you come up with and um execute on i i'm excited to see what's next thank okay, you okay thank you the solo to ceo podcast is sponsored by d frederick media and marketing and the solo to ceo system We help professional women entrepreneurs transform from solos to CEOs of high-impact, high-revenue-generating businesses while reclaiming their time and creating the lifestyle of their dreams. If you are ready to skyrocket your revenue, 
Cultivate a Cracker Jack team and set up systems and automation to get your firm running like a well-oiled machine so you can focus on the highest and best use of your time. Then you'll want to attend our latest presentation, Six Shifts to Transform Your Solo Practice into a Seven-Figure Firm with Total Ease. Register at law.solo2ceo.biz webinar.